Welcome to Old Treasures Made New, your devotional podcast on the go or at home, where we read the scriptures and reflect on them with those from the past. Today we'll be reading Mark 4, verses 1 to 20, and then through J.C. Rao's expository thoughts on Mark. Please take a moment to pause and to ask the Holy Spirit to bring understanding and to apply what we hear. Mark, chapter 4, verses 1 to 20. Again he began to teach beside the sea, and a very large crowd gathered about him, so that he got into a boat and sat in it on the sea, and the whole crowd was beside the sea on the land. And he was teaching them many things in parables, and in his teaching he said to them, Listen, behold, a sower went out to sow, and as he sowed, some seed fell along the path, and the birds came and devoured it. Other seed fell on rocky ground, where it did not have much soil, and immediately it sprang up since it had no depth of soil. When the sun rose, it was scorched, and since it had no root, it withered away. Other seed fell among thorns, and the thorns grew up and choked it, and it yielded no grain. The other seeds fell into good soil and produced grain growing up and increasing and yielding thirtyfold and sixtyfold and a hundredfold. And he said, He who has ears to hear, let him hear. And when he was done, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables, so that they may indeed see but not perceive, they may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. And he said to them, Do you not understand this parable? How then will you understand all the parables? The sower sows the word. And these are the ones along the path where the word is sown. When they hear, Satan immediately comes and takes away the word that was sown in them. And these are the ones sown on rocky ground. The ones who, when they hear the word, immediately receive it with joy, and they have no root in themselves, but endure for a while, then... When tribulation or persecution arises on account of the word, immediately they fall away. And others are like the ones sown among thorns. They are those who hear the word, but the cares of the world, and the deceitfulness of riches, and the desires for other things enter in and choke the word, and it proves unfruitful. But those that were sown in the good soil are the ones who hear the word, and accept it, and bear fruit thirtyfold and sixtyfold, and a hundredfold. This is the word of the Lord. These verses contain the parable of the sower. Of all the parables spoken by our Lord, none is probably so well known as this. There is none which is so easily understood by all, from the gracious familiarity and the figures which it contains. There is none which is of such universal and perpetual application. So long as there is a church of Christ and a congregation of Christians, so long there will be employment for this parable. The language of the parable requires no explanation. To use the words of an ancient writer, it needs application, not exposition. Let us now see what it teaches. We are taught in the first place that there are some hearers of the gospel whose hearts are like the path. These are they who hear sermons, but pay no attention to them. They go to a place of worship, for form or fashion, or to appear respectable before men, but they take no interest whatsoever in the preaching. 
It seems to them a mere matter of words and names and unintelligible talk. It is neither money, nor food, nor drink, nor clothes, nor company. And as they sit under the sound of it, they are taken up with thinking of other things. It matters nothing whether it is law or gospel. It produces no more effect on them than water on a stone. And at the end they go away, knowing no more than when they came in. There are myriads of professing Christians in this state of soul. There is hardly a church or chapel where scores of them are not to be found. Sunday after Sunday, they allow the devil to catch away the good seed that is sown on the surface of their hearts. Week after week, they live on without faith or fear or knowledge or grace, feeling nothing, caring nothing, taking no more interest in religion than if Christ had never died on the cross at all. And in this state, they often die and are buried and are lost forever in hell. This is a mournful picture, but only too true. We are taught in the second place that there are some hearers of the gospel whose hearts are like the stony ground in a field. These are they in whom preaching produces temporary impressions, but no deep, lasting, and abiding effect. They take pleasure in hearing sermons in which the truth is faithfully set forth. They can speak with apparent joy and enthusiasm about the sweetness of the gospel and the happiness which they experience in listening to it. They can be moved to tears by the appeals of preachers and talk with apparent earnestness of their own inward conflicts, hopes, struggles, desires, and fears. But unhappily, there is no stability about their religion. They have no root in themselves, but endure for a while. There is no real work of the Holy Spirit within their hearts. Their impressions are like Jonah's gourd, which came up at night and perished in a night. They fade as rapidly as they grow. No sooner does affliction and persecution arise for the word's sake than they fall away. Their goodness proves as morning cloud and early dew. Hosea 6.4 Their religion has no more life in it than the cut flower. It has no root and soon withers away. There are many in every congregation which hears the gospel who are just in this state of soul. They are not careless or inattentive hearers, like many around them, and are therefore tempted to think well of their own condition. They feel a pleasure in the preaching to which they listen and therefore flatter themselves that they may have grace in their hearts. And yet they are thoroughly deceived. Old things have not yet passed away. There is no real work of conviction in their inward man. With all their feelings, affections, joys, hopes, and desires, they are actually on the high road to destruction. We are taught in the third place that there are some hearers of the gospel whose hearts are like the thorny ground of a field. These are they who attend to the preaching of Christ's truth and to a certain extent obey it. Their understanding assents to it. Their judgment approves of it. Their conscience is affected by it. Their affections are in favor of it. They acknowledge that it is all right and good and worthy of all reception. They even abstain from many things which the gospel condemns and adopt many habits which the gospel requires. But here, unhappily, they stop short. Something appears to chain them fast, and they never get beyond a certain point in their religion. And the grand secret of their condition is the world the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches and the lusts of other things prevent the word from having its full effect on their souls. With everything apparently that is promising and favorable in their spiritual state, 
they stand still. They never come up to the full standard of New Testament Christianity. They bring no fruit to perfection. There are few faithful ministers of Christ who could not point to cases like these. Of all cases, they are the saddest. To go so far and yet go no further. To see so much and yet not see all. To approve so much and yet not give Christ the heart. This is indeed most deplorable. And there is but one verdict that can be given about such people. Without a decided change, they will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Christ will have all our hearts. If any man will be a friend of the world, he is an enemy of God. James 4.4 We are taught in the last place that there are some hearers of the gospel whose hearts are like the good ground in a field. These are they who really receive Christ's truth into the bottom of their hearts, believe it implicitly, and obey it thoroughly. In these, the fruits of that truth will be seen, uniform, plain, and unmistakable results in heart and life. Sin will be truly hated, mourned over, resisted, and renounced. Christ will be truly loved, trusted in, followed, and obeyed. Holiness will show itself in all their life, in humility, spiritual-mindedness, patience, meekness, and charity. There will be something that can be seen. The true work of the Holy Spirit cannot be hidden. There will always be some in this state of soul where the gospel is faithfully preached. Their numbers may very likely be few compared to the worldly around them. Their experience and degree of spiritual attainment may differ widely, some bringing forth 30, some 60, and some 100-fold. But the fruit of the seed falling into the good ground will always be of the same kind. There will always be visible repentance, visible faith in Christ, and visible holiness of life. Without these things, there is no saving religion. And now, let us ask ourselves, what are we? Under which class of hearers ought we to be ranked? With what kind of hearts do we hear the word? Never, never may we forget that there are three ways of hearing without profit and only one way of hearing rightly. Never, never may we forget that there is only one infallible mark of being a right-hearted hearer. That mark is to bear fruit. To be without fruit is to be on the way to hell. That is the end of Ryle's expository thoughts for these verses. Let us carefully consider what we have heard today. May the Lord be pleased to bring the growth for His glory. In considering what we've just heard, would you prayerfully ask yourself and others the following questions? There is only one question that really needs to be asked. Am I bearing fruit? Are we growing in hatred of sin? Are we growing in love for Christ and seeking to obey Him? Are we growing in holiness, shown in such things as humility, spiritual-mindedness, patience, meekness, and charity? Dear brother or sister, as a side note, sometimes we are bad judges of such fruit. And it is important to be in community where brothers and sisters can point out fruit in one another's lives. 
there would be no greater encouragement to the believer to hear from another believer that they are seeing certain fruits in their lives. This produces two other questions I think are helpful. First, am I living in community in such a way that I can observe fruit in others' lives? That is really getting to know people and being known by them. And secondly, do I make it a ministry to encourage others when I see fruit in their lives?